0: My creative commandments. These are the guidelines that I've learned and been taught and discovered so far that make my creative life possible and make my creative life flourish. These commandments have been especially helpful in this stage of my life as my husband and I raise our two small children and as I try to retain my identity as a producing creative in this stage of life. As always, I share from my journey and encourage the principle of gleaning, Take what resonates with you, discard the rest as needed. Let's dive in. These aren't in order, but the first one orders all of the rest, and it is centered joy. It is a very simple question that took me 10 years to apply. Do I enjoy this? Yes. Then invest there. Time, money, resources? No? Then don't participate. Don't invest. Don't continue. The biggest decision I made recently with this measure was whether to sell my digital equipment. It was a big investment for me professionally in my work and as as a family photographer and personally in documenting my own family, which is something I deeply enjoy. I had to evaluate my strategy for both of those things. I had already decided to use film exclusively for client and personal creative work, but what about documenting my kids? What about documenting our life? I'd invested years of work into this equipment, but only one question mattered and it made the decision really easy. Do I enjoy this from start to finish? Do I enjoy picking up this huge DSLR body? Do I enjoy the, po- the post-processing? Do I enjoy enjoy the culling of excess images and the visual result as well? Ultimately I decided no. And I've been able to apply the standard positively as well and it's not failed me yet. Do I enjoy this? I move forward if I do. Do I enjoy exploring the creative process for example? Yes, I do. That's all I need to know. I don't need to answer any other questions to myself like, does anyone else care? Is there an audience for this? I enjoy exploring it. So with that measure, I move forward. Number two, work for the work. This is one of my favorite guiding dictums that I heard from a visual artist by the name of Georgia June Goldberg, who I who I heard speak in college. She did abstract visual art, painting, mixed media, drawing, collage, and The work was not readily accessible to every audience, and one of the more thoughtful questions that came from the audience Q&A afterward was, what motivates you to do this semi-obscure work? And her answer was, the work is my client. I loved that. I held onto it. I have it written above my desk. It helps me when I have a drive, I have a desire to pursue something, and then all of the other questions come in. I enjoy it, but is it too expensive? Will anyone pay for this? Is it worth my time? It gets clouded by other concerns that are legitimate, but ultimately just a distraction. So I say to myself, my number one objective is to work diligently for the work itself. That's my client, my boss, my end in itself. That's the standard that I adhere to. I go where the work leads. It's also helped me overcome the need for clearance and approval most of the time. (laughs) I don't work in service to the audience, to my family, to my church, They're natural contours to the work itself, which I follow and explore. I work for the work. This has been huge for me in decision-making and very helpful, perhaps the most helpful of all of these. The next is curate input. This has taken me a long time to figure out. In other seasons of life, it was easy to live a creative life. As a teenager, I was prolific. In college, I built my daily experience around making. In addition to my classwork. I worked at the Center for Performing Arts on campus. I was president of the art club. I was living on my own for the first time. Actually, having just gotten back from Mexico, I painted my first apartment red, orange, and yellow and decorated it with like 500 plants. So my environment reflected the themes I was exploring and my work was richer for it. I was doing mostly painting at the time. Now, as my life has pivoted toward the nurture of my beautiful girls, I've lagged on this point. I haven't kept the creative input flowing as needed, and I've seen the difference. I go to the museum less. I travel less. I listen to less music. I'm exposed to similar experiences, textures, sounds, and viewpoints every day. And curating input more intentionally has to do with disrupting that homogeny. Intentionally prioritizing a a rich, layered variety of experience and visual experience, Um, taking control of my input made a big difference for me. Saying, I'm going to curate with intention, the input that enters my creative brain. I'm going to surround myself with music that enriches me creatively and and brings me back home. Um, That's been huge. I think we all know that, but the change for me has been to diligently apply it. For example, Iron & Wine is my favorite band. I've said before that all I'm seeking to do with photography is create an Iron & Wine song in Square. and I have his music on constantly when I'm working, when I'm reading, when I'm editing, when I'm posting. Having that mindful curation of my input, it, it brings me to the right place. When I created my office, I set out to manifest a complete visual space that inspires me. I covered the walls in my primary inspiration, which is old photos. I invested in simple, neutral furniture, even though other areas of my life really could have used those funds. <laughs> um, when I sit down here to create, it makes a difference for me. Next, name your conditions. This has taken me a really long time to master as well. One of my necessary conditions as an example to be able to create is silence, which is not compatible (laughs) with family life and small children. So it's taken some arranging and it's taken a lot of trial and error and and some rockiness to identify, to separate preference from a condition and say, without this, I I may never create again. So naming your conditions was crucial for me I finally realized it. I I saw that I create from silence. If I have 0% silence in my life, creating will not happen. So for me, I found out that that's necessary. So I move forward with the protection of that. I create that reality. That reality isn't going to come naturally anymore with a 2 and 4 year old. So I have to create that for myself. I go to spaces where that's possible. I use white noise in my headphones. And I'm aware now that without high doses of silence, nothing will congeal in my mind. Nothing will come out. Next, be a studious fan. I follow other people's work and it can make me feel a variety of things. Sometimes I just absorb it and I love it and I'm drawn in and that's a good experience. Um, I found that it's catapulted me into my growth when I'm a studious fan, when I study the work. There's a couple of ways that I like to do that. First is trying to leave thoughtful, detailed actually concrete comments on work that I interact with on social media. This is a really simple, practical thing that has really changed my online experience. So instead of commenting, you know, love this or amazing or any any sentiment with a five-word max, I take a moment to identify what I like about this photo. And after I connect strongly with the photo, really strongly, I'll take notes. I am so inspired by this image. Why? Being able to list that for myself enables me to utilize it when I set out to make. I don't get stuck spending energy on work that doesn't interest or excite me, uh, like was the case for me with using digital. When I take the time to study others' work and ask what it is about this composition that's connecting, how can I duplicate that? When I do that, I've seen a lot of personal growth in my work. And this leads us well into the next commandment, which is action over research. I probably don't need to elaborate on it because we all know it's true. I have to remind myself of this constantly. I'm thinking and researching and you know, combing the earth for the answers, but really the answer is found in doing. It can be hard to stick with that with film because the learning process is expensive, but it's the only way. I have to keep acting, keep buying that camera, buying that film, seeing how it works in that light, Seeing how it develops and feels in my hands, going to different labs and observing the results, comparing lab scans to self scans. That tactile on the ground experience can never be replaced by research. And speaking of doing, next up, create a syllabus. This has been huge for me. I discovered in my 20s that. My life as I created it was woefully incompatible with a creative life, given my priorities and how I was structuring my time, but also given my tendency to dive deeply into a theme and swim in that, but without structure, I don't get very far, very fast. And some of that is okay. I like to take my time, but I'm I'm also often frustrated by my apparent lack of progress. Creating a syllabus was the answer for me. It's exactly what you picture. I make assignments, a book list, deadlines. I do it by semester. I start in August and list what books I'm going to purchase. I budget it out as photo books are expensive, rightly so. Um, I'll do some contemporary and some greats. And it really gives me a sense that I'm making progress. I'm moving forward in my continuing education. And also in a I'm moving forward and approaching methods I want to try instead of living with this feeling of, I really want to get into this film. I really want to try this. It's like, okay, I'm going to do that in November. I'm going to shoot Cinestill up in Flagstaff on this weekend on a planned family trip. And when I do, I can cross, cross it off my list. And I often miss the deadlines and things get all messed up, but just having it has been really awesome for me. My next commandment is my favorite by far, and it is measure by devotion. There are a lot of ways to measure our success as an artist or to measure whether we are an artist. And I remember hearing a writer friend of mine say that a writer is a person who can't not write. And I love that definition. I think it's the perfect definition that you have this compulsion. How are you going to manage it? How are you going to measure it? You can measure success by outward professional markers, gallery shows, photo books, print sales, workshop attendance, clients. You can measure it by your following, likes, followers, comment, engagement, etc. But the way that I've found uh, that, that gives me a deep sense of peace about it is measuring by devotion to craft. How faithful am I in all of the things I've just listed? It's not necessarily a daily thing, but with faithfulness, am I putting in the work? It's helped me with guilt. Like, I really just want to be working on this and I'm not and that goes against my values and I, I wish I was and others are and just a lot of noise, honestly. So even when I fail and go through periods of little or no devotion, I still feel healthy and happy about the measure because it's, it's trackable. And most importantly, it's in my control. The final commandment is one that has had the biggest effect on my work lately, and that is work from intent. Um, so meteoric is this commandments effect on my life that it it deserves a whole episode to cover it. So join me next time to dive into working with a specific intention versus documenting what you find. Thank you for joining me today. In summary, my so-called creative commandments so far are center joy, work for the work, create input, name your conditions, study other creators, action over research, create a syllabus, measure by devotion, and lastly, to be explored next time, work from intent. I hope you found this edifying. What are your creative commandments? Which commandments stood out to you? Leave a comment below. Take good care.